Oh, yeah. I'm freaking hungry. Okay, you're going to have to edit that out. I just got yelled at by a grown woman. <laughs> you know, I'm just... The hot lap. Are you drinking a beer? Right. All right, well, I'm, this, that's the end of this conversation, and I'll talk intentional as it comes. The hot lap. All right, man, and we're live uh, on the hot lap, and uh, we had a little week hiatus, so we're doing a double upload for y'all this week. Um, and, uh, man, we're sorry about that. Just life. When you say Brandon, yeah, man, it's been a crazy ass weekend. Yeah, like JR was saying, we apologize we couldn't get that episode out to you Friday, man. But it's just been a rough few days. Yeah, and and guys, I don't know what y'all's uh, you know situation is where y'all live, or um, you know, in these crazy times, or or you know what your job is. Um, but I know with us here in North Carolina, as of Monday, we're going into a um uh mandatory you know stay at home so um and yeah i live in wake county and we've already kind of been under that the last couple of days um but me and brandon both work for the same utility company so we're still uh we're still at it we're considered essential employees so we're uh i think they're working us more than (laughs) more than more than if we wouldn't had some kind of natural disaster or something like that going on but yeah but yeah, man, we're gonna do. Uh, we're doing a, a episode that is going to be surrounded by the 2001 season. I know Brandon tweeted out earlier that he had watched the uh, the fall Atlanta race where Kevin Harvick beat Jeff Gordon back to the line. So we're going to touch on that and just touch on some of the points throughout the season. Um, also, I thought it'd be pretty cool to rank our top five paint schemes because that's one of my favorite years for uh, as far as uh, paint schemes and everything. So we're going to do that as well. Um, also, I think that we didn't upload last week, so we missed the inaugural race of the Pro Invitational, didn't we? Yeah, we're going to have to touch on that, man. That was a great race, and so was today. And I'm glad they got, I think, three more planned. Yeah. Well, here's what we're going to do then, because I actually was unable to watch the race today. I do know who won, but I want you to uh, I want you to describe it for me, because I, I wasn't able to. So, of course, last week, uh, Denny Hamlin and Dylan Hart Jr. had a, epic battle and if it was a real race it went down as probably one of the best race finishes in history um but unfortunately it was on the sim which to me is is pretty awesome either way but um today's race how was it today at texas um you can tell the guys put in a lot of practice man because last week was a damn caution fest and today they actually got some good green flag runs in and i think i mean william byron dominated the race but Timmy Hill put it on him those last, what I think it was four laps to go. He did a little bump and run and executed it perfectly. But yeah. I'm glad Timmy Hill won. I know William Byron's been running strong for the first two races and circumstances he ain't won. But he ran good, but I'm I'm glad Timmy Hill pulled it off. That was a great finish. Yeah. And, I, you know, we've, uh, you know, just watching Timmy Hill, I, he's definitely a good hour racer. Um, I think he was my pick for Homestead, wasn't able to – to finish it off but um was there any uh new guys uh in the field today I, i've seen some um some new yeah. faces faces on twitter you know getting some rigs and stuff together was there any people new start the race um i think we had tyler reddick in there uh-huh. um i mean yeah there's definitely a, a few different names in there i can't name them off the top of my head but there's probably five to seven more people in there from the cup series i got you well i from my standpoint, 
uh, where I sit, I just think this is huge not only for um, NASCAR, but for really motorsports in general and, and really the sports world. I mean, does this being broadcasted on uh, the main network Fox today just shows you that um, the whole world was really uh, yearning for some, something, you know, to look forward to. So. You're always going to have those guys that sit there and down everything just because they hate their own life. But yeah, I mean, I mean, this was awesome for everybody going through today's world, man. I mean, we have nothing to watch on TV other than reality shows, Netflix. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it's definitely helping iRacing because I think 16,000 people were on today. And I Cr- think that's an all time high. That's crazy, man. Uh, like I was saying the other day, I've seen it in the middle of the day on a weekday as low as like 500 before. So to see yeah, that it's definitely going up. It's amazing. Did you watch any of the, uh, indie car stuff yesterday? Uh, I think I watched five or six laps. So I just, I can't get into it. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I watched some of it. I'll probably finish it at some point this week. Um, like I said, uh, just work's going to be crazy, but, um, Last year, I watched more IndyCar than I ever have. So, hopefully, if we can get the season started back, I'll do more of the same. So, um, But, yeah, man, what do you say we get into this 2001 season? Let's do it. And, I, and I'm not one of those guys that knock Indy all the time because, Lord knows, man, that's got to be tough to do what they do. But I just can't yeah. get into being a fan. Oh, and we're about to overlook something. Uh, we're actually, if everything goes to plan, we're going to be uh, setting uh, some history this year. Um, with all the shuffling, you know, Indianapolis, the Indy 500s moved to August. It's the first time ever in the hundred odd years of racing at Indy that's not going to be in May. So we're moving that to August. But Indy does have two two dates at Indianapolis, and one's the road course. So we're actually going to get a NASCAR uh, IndyCar doubleheader at Indy uh, in July if everything goes to plan. If you know it isn't pushed back more, which which hopefully by then we're over our peak. We're going to be in the uh, phase of um, uh, where cases and everything are going down. And uh, we'll start, you know, on the road to healing for, uh, you know, the nation with COVID-19. But that's pretty exciting, I think. And it's it's going to be a huge deal when it comes about. So oh, yeah. I agree 100%. We also almost forgot the point that we have won the Belly Up Sports March Madness tournament oh. and and i just want to say thank you to everybody that went out there and voted and helped us uh with your re- retweets and uh trying to help us out there because that was a few hectic days and i just want to apologize for blowing up everybody's twitter accounts <laughs> and timelines because i definitely did but thank y'all i really we i mean we really appreciate that oh yeah absolutely and yeah you're right we almost forgot about that um you have no y'all behind the scenes you have no idea how stressed this man was <laughs> So, <laughs> but yeah, to kind of to, uh, uh, you know, go behind him and just say, Hey, we appreciate it. Um, I mean, really we're, uh, I don't know if we're the best podcast yet, but I think we have some of the best fans that actually listen to the podcast and they take care of us. Um, just retweeting it and, you know, you know, hopefully we, hopefully we earned some, uh, listeners. Through oh this yeah, whole thing. we've definitely went up uh, with the listeners since that. But um, yeah. like, like I said before, thank y'all, and let's get this thing under underway here. All right, let's do it, man. So the 2001 season was just a wild season, and the reason we're doing this is 
he watched uh brandon watched um uh, uh like like we said in the last episode we were going to do some uh watch some old races and stuff but the more as the week progressed you watched that race and i watched two races from oh one so i was like man we might as well do an oh one themed uh episode um and this is I know this isn't in uh, chronological order here, but I kind of want to get the paint schemes out of the way. I want to know what your top five paint schemes of 01 is. Because to me, I've said this a bunch of times on the show, um, about 99, 2000, those are, that's when I, I started watching racing and uh, really developing my own opinions. But 01 is like the first season that I remember the points battle from start to finish, that I remember lots of details. Uh, you know, I was six seven years old during this time um and you know so and i I consider our our generation of nascar the same um because because you know similar age but um yeah i want you to go first i want to hear your top five paint schemes i told you they could be uh special paint schemes and i don't know his top five so this is going to be news for me too so um yeah man if you want to count them down five to one all right first off JR is like, I don't know how he stores every f- fucking piece of information from every season in, in his head, but he does. I don't know. He's like a history buff. I've watched just as much NASCAR as him probably, but I have no idea. I can't tell you dates and specific races like he can. He, it's ridiculous. But here's uh, my first paint scheme, JR. It's probably my, my favorite paint scheme of all time and probably a lot of people's fa- favorites. And the, it's the Dale Jr. MLB All-Star car awesome man yeah i didn't include that one in mine <laughs> because what I, the, the reason is is because that's probably like like it's probably one of my favorite of all time i didn't because i knew that that was probably gonna be on your list and i wanted some kind of variance in it in the list um I gotcha. but, but i love that paint scheme too i mean you can't go wrong with uh with this with uh just that day in general so it's going to be, uh, and we'll we'll get on to that a little later in that race. But um, what's your next one, man? Uh, number two on the list is the number five Monsters Inc. car. Oh yeah, do you know what track? You know what race they ran that he ran that one at? I do not. Homestead, Miami. I figured you'd know. <laughs> yeah, he ran that at Homestead. So yeah, and I love that paint scheme too. So uh, so yeah, man. What's your next one? Number three. Is the Interstate Batteries number eighteen machine with the Cal Ripken? Uh, Man, I, because on I, I almost forgot about that paint scheme. That is a really awesome paint scheme, and I actually don't know where he ran. I can't remember. So that orange and black just goes together so good. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a great. I remember, I remember NASCAR. Um, I think it. I think I remember seeing it on NASCAR 03. I know. I don't think it was on 02. I'm not sure. But uh used to always pick that paint scheme when I ran uh, as Bobby Labonte. So, yep, that one hits home, too. Really like that one. Number four is the uh, Jeff Gordon Bugs Bunny DuPont car. Oh, man, and that one almost made my list, too. I love that car. It's just but, got that, that gloss to it, man. It's beautiful. Yeah, and, and I would have put it on there if I didn't. 2002, I liked uh, his uh, Looney Tunes car a little bit better. Um. So that's why I didn't put it on my list, but that almost made my man. It's awesome. All right. Well, my I got a tie for my last one, and I know that's breaking the rules, but I don't No, care. that's fine. I was going to give you some honorable mentions too, so let's hear it. Okay. It's the just the number 15 Michael Walter Napa car. 
and the number one Penzoil car. I just think those things are so clean looking and, and traditional looking cars. Yeah. But so those are your tie for first? My tie for fifth. Our fifth. I got you. So um yeah, I guess I'll go and start my list. Uh this um I guess I'll go from fifth and uh from fifth down to first. So I'll kinda do mine backwards. But my number five, and if you haven't seen some of these cars, y'all y'all need to look them up. Um, because 01 to me is some of the best years. The early two thousands, paint scheme wise, was just a great time. I mean, before the before this time period, I'm gonna go on a little tangent right quick. Before this time period, you really didn't get special schemes. You know what I mean? You you know, you had your regular paint scheme and you pretty much ran it all year. Right. Um I think Dale Earnhardt was really the first one to have special paint schemes. Um, not that there wasn't different ones every now and then, but but on a regular basis. So um, this was a fairly new concept in the sport. Um, so yeah, I got uh, I actually only got one standard scheme on my list, but um, yeah, I'm gonna start mine at number five, and I'm gonna say the Sterling Marlins uh, uh, Kiss car that he ran at Homestead. That's gonna be my number five. Um, I don't even know if I know what that looks like. Man, it's just a badass car, man. It's uh black on front. It's got the Kiss logo, silver in the back. It's just a badass. Uh, okay. yeah, it's just good. it's just a badass car, man. He's got a couple. He uh his Brooks and Dunn car he ran um for the Chevy Rock and Roll four hundred uh is um another one that's that's awesome too. Well, you so, know, I went to Darlington this past year and looking at his uh Coors Light throwback scheme. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude! That thing is absolutely beautiful. Oh, he's got one from O one that's uh just the regular coolers uh banquet beer car from O one. Yeah. Looks so good on the Dodge. It is awesome. And uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's my number five. Um, going down the list here, looking at my number four is uh um Kevin Harvick's Tasmanian Devil uh twenty nine from the Chevy Rock and Roll four hundred that he ran. That year is what, or no, he, in the the Looney Tunes race. I'm sorry. So yeah, you that, had that's a good looking car. Yeah, you had Jeff Gordon's. I got uh, Kevin Harvick's, and that's man. It's just a, I mean, it's just a clean scheme. It, it it's not too much. It's just a good looking car. Um, third on my list, I went with uh, just Jeff Gordon's plain flamed car. It's, you know, I think that's probably one of my least favorite paint schemes ever. Really. Yeah, I absolutely hate it, dude. Well, I think it's it's kind of it's not a great scheme to me. What I loved about it though was um I guess for me it's kind of it's almost sentimental in a way cuz you know, 2001, I just remember I was a kid, so you know, anything with flames, you just you're attracted to. So I remember when they got rid of the damn rainbow and he pulls out on Daytona and he's got fucking flames on his car. It's awesome. Uh, sorry for my F bomb there, but it was just great. But yeah, <laughs> I can't, I can't help it. Uh, I'm a sucker for that car. Even though I wasn't a huge Jeff Gordon fan. In fact, probably about this time period, I probably hated him, but uh, number two, and these two right here, you might not remember, but Johnny Benson's number 10 Eagle One car was amazing. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. This is an amazing scheme. He's got he's got several schemes. His black and red ones, he's got a Valvoline one that's awesome, too. But if I had to, I had to pick one of them, so I put the Eagle One one on this my list. And then um, my number one, and uh, 
this is probably one of my favorite paint schemes of all time is uh, Casey Atwood's number 19 uh, Mountain Dew scheme. Um, it's just an awesome scheme. I, I mean, did not know that scheme. Look it up, man. It's green. Uh, Jeremy Mayfield, you know, ran a version kind of similar to it. Um, but yeah, if you guys second, look it up, man. Tell me what you think. It's yeah, it's a uh, it's different. It's got a you know, it stays with the Ray Everham look with uh, the red in it. But it really pops. I don't know. I just really liked it. And a lot of these, a lot of these uh, cars are just from me being a kid and just just loving the different paint schemes. So what was that one again? It was a Casey At, uh, Casey Atwood's number nineteen uh, Mountain Dew scheme. If you um, let me see, I've almost got it here. Yeah, if you just look up Casey Atwood number nineteen oh one, I'm sure you, I'm sure it'll pull up pretty easily. I don't like it. Yeah, I you know I, I figured you wouldn't. I just it's, had a, too, it's just too much going on for me. Yeah, it's a ton. But those are my top five. Uh, you got? Oh, that's that? your number one for two thousand one. Yes. What the hell, Jr. <laughs> that's like a damn fourth grader painted that thing. Yeah. Well, nah. you got your opinion, man. Yeah. Well, I was like a. I think I was in first grade during the two thousand one season. So. <laughs> that's about right. Mm. <laughs> You got any honorable mentions? I got a couple, to be honest with you, that probably should be on my list. Any Dale Earnhardt cars, honorable mention to me. Yeah, unfortunately, pretty much the only two we've seen in 01 was the Oreos. Was the Oreos. Yeah, and his, uh, his other scheme. Um, I think that there's a scheme, and I, you, you got to look it up if you ain't seen it, but it's a Ricky Rudd scheme. When he was in the twenty-eight uh, from 01, it was a Haviland scheme. And it had the pistons on the hood, and it ran along the side. Managed to think that was most. I had a all my little one sixty-four scale diecast, and this is gonna this is gonna show you how big of a nerd I was back then. So uh, I'd buy you know Winter Circle where the where the, was the people who made the diecast back then. I'd buy up all the diecasts I could at Walmart. You know they were like five bucks a piece. And I'd uh, have all the different paint schemes I could I could find, and I w- I would keep up with my own points during the year. I would push my little cars on the floor. <laughs> and uh, are, are you talking about the black Havoline with the fluorescent colors on it? No, that's his. Uh, that one he ran in like O uh, two, like O two. Yeah, no, this is this is a special paint scheme. It was it had pistons on the car. Oh. Uh, let me see. Look it up. I mean, it, uh, just type in uh, Ricky Rudd 2001 car, and you'll probably find it. It's got some red in it. Uh, oh, okay, I see it. A little bit of silver. I always like that one. Um, and then there was a Dale Jarrett paint scheme. And I guess I'm staying with the Yates themed here, and I'm pretty sure it was 01. If I'm not someone, if it's not, somebody correct me. But it, it had it was a UP, UPS paint scheme with flames on it, and I'm pretty sure that was 01. And I think he won... No, nah, he didn't, because Darlington was with, in his regular paint scheme. Um, that one, and then I had uh, another honorable mention was uh, the Rusty Wallace throwback that I made for you, the Harley Davidson one. And uh, you remember that car? Oh yeah, I remember it. Yeah, you so that w- stop hearing about it for about a whole week after you painted it. Uh, it was a lot of hard work, man. I <laughs> <laughs> it was. But yeah, I like that one too. So. Um, a lot of Ford paints. I'm not a Ford guy. There's a lot of Ford paint schemes. It sure as hell sounds like it. I know, right? I mean, they just had good paint schemes, man. 
And uh, I can't really think of uh, – trying to think of who else had some some really – of course, the Coca-Cola, uh, the Gibbs Coca-Cola cars of Tony Stewart and Bobby Labonte. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Yep, those were great paint schemes. Um, let's see. I, you know, I love Dale Jr.'s cars. He didn't really have a lot of special paint schemes in the Bud days. Um, but yeah, man, I'm sure there's some I'm missing. Uh, Michael Waltrip's patriotic scheme always comes to mind because it was great too. Yeah, I love that scheme. That was that's the one he ran uh, with Dale Jr.'s MLB car, right? Yeah, and he actually ran it some uh, after the uh, after nine eleven. He yep. ran, he ran it some because one of the races I watched uh, was the Homestead race, uh, and he ran it there. I'm pretty sure it was the same scheme. It looked it looked identical, but um, I'm, they did it as kind of like a tribute. But um, yeah, man, we're gonna now we're just gonna get into some of the season, and uh, we're just gonna you know talk about you know just. Where you were at the time when the 01 season started, what your point of view was of everything, and uh, and what's yeah. the main events really? Yeah, and guys, we're sorry if uh, this is you know not what you want to hear, but there's absolutely no sports on right now. So. <laughs> yeah, so we're trying to bring you some kind of content, and uh, well, you but, can either listen to us breathe for an hour or ramble about the 2001 yeah. season. <laughs> Just listen. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna that Atlanta race today was that is probably the best race I've ever seen almost. I'm gonna get into a rant about some things here later, and it has something to do with that race. So first, we gotta we gotta before we get to Atlanta, we we have to have the build up to Atlanta. For me personally, um, you know they say 2021 is going to be almost the next generation of NASCAR. I feel like in 01, there was a turning of a page, too, just from my point of view as a race fan, a young, young race fan. There was almost a turning of a page. I don't know if you agree with that, because obviously we view the sport differently year to year with your age. What are you talking about in terms of what, though? So, um, all right, first of all, Fox broadcast, you know, we get two new uh, broadcasters. You have Fox and NBC. You know, uh, for years it was CBS, um, ESPN. Um, so you get you have two new broadcasts. Um, also, you know the the death of Dale Earnhardt. You don't want to say that 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 started a new era, but it definitely did. I mean, from '01 on, it, it was a different time. Yeah. Um, and the races just felt different to me. Two thousand. Felt different than 01. And I've watched a ton of 2000 races and a ton of 01 races, especially recently. But but me watching like old races isn't a new thing to now. You know what I mean? I go back and watch them periodically from time to time. NASCAR uploads a lot of good ones, guys. So y'all, in high quality. So check those out. Um, but when they upload a race that, that I don't particularly remember or I wasn't around for, I go back and I, I watch them. You know what I mean? I, right. I don't know whether it's um, whether it's something I I viewed live or not. I, I'll I'll go back and watch. But ninety nine, two thousand, those two uh, seasons uh, seemed. Yeah. Um. 
I think the 2001 season, the the racing was just absolutely phenomenal, man. And um, you know, uh, Dale Earnhardt's death, man, that was. I can remember where I was sitting, who I was with, and I think all race fans can do the same. That was just that was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was a kid and still remember it to this day. Um, oh yeah. But, but just the racing in general in 2001 was absolutely great. I don't remember, um, you know, every single race, but there's definitely five, six races that I can still remember to this day. And that, I mean, that should tell you there that they were amazing. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, as a, as a race fan, a lot of people had, had to, had to find a new driver. Um, I did. Yeah, whether it was you turn into uh, Dylan Hart Jr. or you know, or or something like that. I mean, a lot a lot of people do. I know in my household it was split. My mom was a huge uh, Terry Labonte fan, and my dad was a Dylan Hart fan. So, you know, February eighteenth, two thousand one hurt. Let's just put it that way. Oh yeah. So. I but, mean, my um, stepdad was in his recliner. I mean, that's who I was watching a ton of the races with in 2001. And when they announced that we had lost Dale Earnhardt, he was just bawling his eyes out, man. Yeah, I mean, I think that that if you were young, you you remember Mike Hilton get, getting up there and saying, "Hey, we've we've lost Dale Earnhardt," and it's something yeah. that's chilling. I mean, it's something that that you know hits you even today if you're you know. If you're watching it, yeah. If you but, watch uh, documentaries now, and and that comes on, it still gives you those chill bumps. Yep. And I and some I, I hope that they understand the race fans that weren't around them, uh, that were young. I hope that they understand the magnitude of that. But um, if not, watch all these documentaries. Watch uh documentaries of stuff leading up to it. I mean, his impact on the sport, whether you you hated him or loved him, was huge. And, yes, it was. Uh, so I don't know. I, I guess that for me, uh, being as young as I was, I think that was why it felt like it was almost a different era in NASCAR from 2001 on. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. So the next week, the series heads to Rockingham, and uh, you know, I think everybody knows the emotion of Rockingham. You know, it's the race after Dale Earnhardt dies, um, but there's still a race to run. The races. I remember my parents have uh, tickets the next week. And this is just, you know, from my point of view, this is just what I remember. I remember them uh, calling home. And of course I'm watching it on TV and I see that, you know, it's, it's going to be rained out. And um, they call home and they said the race is rained out, but they tell me, and, and even as a child, you know, it's hard to comprehend this, but they said the, what is he is so sad here because, you know, the rock out in front of Rockingham, they got it with Earnhardt memorabilia. Um, they handed out these uh, pennants that I still have to this day. It's boxed up somewhere. But uh, pennants at the track um, to hold up on, on the third lap. And um, and they run the race on Monday, and Steve Parks in, in, ends up winning. And to your point, you said the racing in 01 was great. That's a race you need to go back and watch. Cause oh, yeah. Whether the – because I haven't watched that race in a while, but I don't rem- remember particularly like leading up to it if the racing was great, but the finish was awesome. No, I don't think the racing was good at all. I know Dale Jr. wrecked out early. 
Yeah. I, but, uh, you know, just – I don't know. Just the finish, you know, Steve Park's leading there at the end. Um, Bobby Labonte's chasing him down, the defending Cup Series champion. and Okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you for a second. Okay. Do you think any of stuff like that is rigged? No. You don't think so? No, I just think that uh, NASCAR can um, – no, I'm not saying that the the governing body of NASCAR rigs races, but to me, there's too many variables in motorsports to rig. Can yeah, I see- understand that. But, I mean, you can, if you got a clean car, you can make stuff happen if it's still drivable and somewhat fast. But what do you, what do you mean in this scenario? Like, like what do you mean – as far as being rigged to have a, uh, DEI car win the race. I mean, those car, I mean, DEI was, I mean, this is some of their best years. I mean, in 2000, not Steve Parks, Steve Park. I mean, and during that time period was, had shown flashes of, of brilliance. He just, you know, couldn't stay healthy. Um, you know, other drivers that got into that car had success. They, you know, maybe not race wins, but I mean, I just don't think it's rigged. I think that back then, what I noticed is drivers. How I, how can I put this? Okay, just for clarification, I don't think they're rigged either. But you've had I've heard people on Twitter say stuff like that, and I'm like, there's no I way. It's rigged. I don't believe it. I mean. If you can give me evidence that it's rigged, I'll I'll sit down and listen to you. But you're probably not going to change my mind. There's too many variables in auto racing to to rig something. I, I mean, you can, as far as certain cautions coming out to um, move a race along in a certain direction, could that happen? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Calls yeah. on calls as far as penalties and things like that. Can it sway a race in a certain direction? Yes, 100%. Can a race be rigged? As far as, okay, they're getting their drivers meeting and they go, all right, Steve Park's going to win today, guys. Um, make it make it look good. No, that that does not happen behind closed doors. And I'm not involved in the sport at all. I'm just a guy that talks about it with you every week. And I can tell you that, that does not happen. So, okay. I know I got a little heated there, but. Yeah, man, hey, I was just asking you a question. Just calm down just a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean – the race, the end of the race is phenomenal, and that's you know, that's step one to the to healing. That's probably never going to end, but but that's another great race. And so I think the next key point of the season is two weeks later in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and that's a race that you you watched recently. What did you see in the race? I mean, <sighs> yeah, just the I don't know how to explain it. It's just. People could get around somebody very, very easily if they were the better car. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was multiple grooves that they were running. I mean, you could run the inside, middle, third line, up against the wall. I yeah. mean, in those last 10 laps, every one of those five or six drivers that was battling for the win were all running different lines and all making them work. Yeah. Now, also... uh. That was probably Atlanta, as far as the track surface, that was probably Atlanta's peak as well, though. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the track was uh, reconfigured in, I believe, uh, 
was it 97 or 96, 97, somewhere in there. So that was probably Atlanta's peak as far as track surface. And, uh, and you're, you're right. It was phenomenal. The racing there, the racing at Atlanta in the gen four era was great. Almost every race. Like I told you a few weeks ago, I watched the 2005 race when, um, Carl Edwards won. Mm-hmm. And it was the same way the track. And I remember them saying in the broadcast, the track was like a rubber band. They can get, they could get spread out as much as they want, but the top five, six, seven cars all come back together at some point in the run. And oh, yeah. It showed it in the 01 race too. I, I know, I remember watching it, and I believe it was, uh, I remember it was uh, Kevin Harvick, Jeff Gordon, Dylan Hart Jr., uh, Dale Jarrett, was it? And, yeah, who drove the 25? That's... And uh, yeah, Joe Nemechek. Joe Nemechek was there, yeah. Yeah. Now, that 01 race, I remember being dominated by uh, Dave Blaney for yeah. the majority of it. Um, for at least the first half of the race. Yeah. I. W- what happened? I can't even remember what happened during the race. Uh, something. That's another thing. Uh, mechanical issues were a bigger part of racing back then, too. You hardly ever have engine failures, part failures, unless you're Chase Elliott. I was about to say, unless you're Chase <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that race is, there are probably three or four iconic races for NASCAR in just this one season in 2001. Um. Yeah, probably three or four. Yeah, I'm so, trying to think, and you're probably right. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was um. You go there to hold on. Well, you said you watched a few races. What did you? Uh, I watched um. One of them was the race after nine eleven. So of course the um. The race after 9-11 was supposed to be Loudon in New Hampshire, um, which they took and made it the last race of the season. Mm-hmm. But it ended up being Dover on the on I believe it was like the twenty third or something like that. It was, you know, the following Sunday. And uh Dale Jr. won that race. And I just um the racing was pretty good. Um is a is a Dover race. I mean, you know, you ran the preferred lane was the bottom. And to, this package last year was the only race I'd ever seen where you could really make moves like that up high. You know what I mean? Who um, won that race? Larson? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, Larson won one of them. I can't remember who won the first Dover race. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. It might have been Jason. No, it wasn't Jason. That was two years ago. I believe it was Martin Tripp Jr. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it was. But yeah, Dale Jr. won that race. Um, you know, it was that was just huge for America, the sport, the most popular driver, winning the winning the race. So I watched uh so I watched that one and then I watched Homestead. Um and Bill Elliott ended up winning that race. Uh and really he didn't have the best car. Tony Stewart did. Um Tony Stewart and Jeff Burton and probably Kevin Harvick had a pretty good car too. And Bill Elliott led a lot of the first part of the race. I think he started on pole. And uh, just as the race wore on, um, he kind of got mired in traffic, and then they took two tires at the end, him and teammate Casey Atwood, and uh, Bill ended up passing him and and, and winning the race. But um, outside of that, other takes I take from the season, um, a lot of the same tracks are on the – 
schedule now that we're on 01. The only other, let's see, I'm going to look at the the tracks now. So, of course, Rockingham's not there anymore. Rockingham had two dates. Um, Kentucky's, on the, Kentucky's on the schedule now, too. But a lot of these tracks have been reconfigured since then, too. So, Homestead... Homestead was a was basically a different track back then. It was flat. Um, it's still a mile and a half. It's the most unique mile and a half in America, really. And then you had uh, Las Vegas too. Las Vegas was a flat track as well. What? What? Where are we? Where are we going with this one? No, this is where I'm going. This is where okay. I'm going. That I have. <laughs> so I'm trying to follow you. So we have a lot of tracks that are the exact same on the schedule now. You know, every track has its quarks, but I'm going to take, for instance, Chicago and Kansas. Now, everybody knows if you race that Chicago has a curved backstretch. So, technically, there is no straightaway in Chicagoland. But if you're, as a viewer watching the race, it races no different than somewhere like Kansas or um, another track uh, similar that's similar in shape is uh, Las Vegas. Um, even back then in 2001, the track dis- disparity, for instance, Las Vegas was shaped like Chicago and that was the first year Chicago was on the schedule, but Las Vegas was flat. So Rockingham, there's no other track on the schedule like Rockingham. It's a one mile track and man, that thing is, is funky as hell. It is shaped weird and it's awesome. Then you go somewhere like, uh, Homestead, which I loved Homestead, the old configuration. Yeah, the racing one is exciting, but you know what? Not every race is going to be exciting. Homestead also was flat, so you heard of guys wearing their brakes out at a mile and a half because you had so much brake going into the corners. To me, all these tracks, they had uh, a place on their schedule where that was spe- that was special. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think so. So these tracks were, not, I mean, not particularly 2001 because you know if they wouldn't have reconfigured Atlanta, there would be no, you know, track on the schedule like Atlanta in 01. Whereas Atlanta in 01 was just like Texas and Charlotte. It's a trioval. It's a mm-hmm. mile and a half trioval. So I think that um, if where I'm going with this is, we need to get back to something like this in the future where tracks are different and they need to quit reconfiguring them and making them the exact same. I just don't I don't see how the, they will go backwards and changing the track to how they used to be. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I mean, you can't do that at this point, but so I don't, I don't I just don't see I don't see how they could do that now. You can you can add uh I mean, you can add tracks that are different, but like like nowadays it's like back then it was special to go to Chicago land. I thought, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was special to go to somewhere like Texas. Fontana. Fontana's, you know, Fontana's got Michigan, but I mean, that's a two mile uh, dog leg oval. And I mean, that was special because the, the races that surrounded that were Talladega and Richmond. Those are three completely different tracks. But now you got tracks like Las, Las Vegas was different back then too. It was special to go to Las Vegas because, yeah, it's a, mile and a half uh oval with a dog leg but it was flat so it it almost it took a different style of racing 
We're now Las Vegas, and you're going to see a similar product from Las Vegas as you see at Kansas. Is that's that's really what I what 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 I'm getting at? I got you. So that's what watching several of these races, it kind of opened my eyes to that. Um, but outside of that, the season, Jeff Gordon was the champion, and he pretty much ran away with uh, the championship. I think he ended up clinching it at Homestead, if I'm not mistaken. Or if not Homestead, Atlanta the next week. Um, and then we also got Robbie Gordon filling in in the 31 car, winning loud and bumping Jeff Gordon out of the way to win it in the finale. So um, a lot of these races are, are definitely worth watching. Um, and, you know, that's that's really what I wanted to get at here with just going back and, and kind of recapping the open season. We didn't really dive into it to detail. There's individual races that are like Bobby Hamilton's win at Talladega. He gets out of the car and is, ex- and is exhausted. And I think that's his one and only win. You know what I'm saying? Oh, there's races like that. Um, then you got – let me scroll down here. You know, Dale Jr. at Daytona winning uh, the 4th of July race. The next race after his dad dies. You got Kevin Harvard winning the first race ever at Chicago. I mean, there's so many huge moments. Uh, I mean – So just, is that your favorite season ever? No, it's not just because of what happened – uh, as far as you know, my favorite driver uh, being killed, but it had the potential to be one of the best seasons ever. Um, I seen a video on YouTube recently. I can't remember who the YouTuber was, but um, pretty much the, and I agree with this one hundred percent. Pretty much the concept of the video is that the two thousand one Daytona five hundred probably would have went down as one of the best Daytona five hundreds ever if the last lap turn four incident didn't happen. Doesn't happen. I mean, yeah. there was tons was of passing. The wicker bill on top of the car created such a hole in the air for cars to suck up. I mean, it was it was a great race. So the O one season uh, is I, I thought it was a great season. Oh, here another race. Um, I'm just scrolling through the race <laughs> right now. Richmond, you need to go watch Richmond race. Ricky Rudd versus Kevin Hart. That's another one I watched that race probably about uh, probably about six months ago. That's another great race that if. Y'all looking for a race to watch? Go watch that one. Awesome race. I'm sorry, guys. This is what you get when you get Jr. talking racing and talking about changes he likes. Yeah. Also, you need to go watch Robbie Gordon, <laughs> Jeff Gordon out of the way at Loudon. I mean, it's just an awesome season. Like, like, like this was like my. I, I don't know. I just. Uh, I miss these days. I'm gonna tell I you what. Tell. I'm gonna tell you what the coronavirus has done to me, Brandon. I watch these races and I think back, all right, 2001, I was watching that race. I was fat as hell watching that race on my couch. I didn't know what coronavirus was. You know, JR sent me a picture of his ass. He was 180 pounds in the fourth grade. And he's uh, he's 170 now. Yeah, I was a big boy. <laughs> you're so small now. I, couldn't see you. I thought you were lying the whole time. No, I was a fat ass. But I'm now not, I'm the fat ass. I'm not fat shaming right now. I'm just saying I was a big boy. I have fat in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a fat, happy NASCAR oh, fan. Oh, man. That's how most of us are. That's right. But, yeah, I went on a little tangent there, and I'm sorry, guys. A huge tangent. I know. I, I Wait rambled. till you hear this tomorrow. I know. I know. I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. But y'all had to – I mean, I had. we had to bring y'all something. Brandon, do you have any final thoughts on this season? No, man. I'm exhausted now. Are you? 
I'm not. I could go on forever. I really <laughs> didn't. I did. I could have hit a lot of more key points. But yeah, but, man. Just I, you know, we watched so many races with this. I just thought it was worth going. Back. Oh, I almost forgot a race before we go. <laughs> Elliot Sadler's win at Bristol. Now that's an underdog story driving for the Wood Brothers. I remember watching that live. My wife freaking knows Elliot Sadler when I married. I didn't even know it until I married her. But uh, but yeah, that's that. I'm I'm done talking, Brandon. You final I have, thoughts? I have nothing else to say because you have said everything tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed the JR show. Guys, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. We won't do any more years. <laughs> um, <laughs> your recap. I mean, really wasn't a recap. It was just me going on on races y'all need to watch. But go back and watch those races. Those are iconic races. And I'm sure there's some I forgot that someone's going to tell me about. So, um, But, yeah, Jeff Gordon ends up winning the championship. The championship battle wasn't really that great. No one. but. I just missed the season. I missed the time. We're definitely nowhere near this anymore, and we we can't be. We're moving towards the future. So, but we're gonna let uh, Brandon get out of here because he's got an eye race. He's got to go run tonight, and uh, I need to go uh, tell my wife I love her in, in case coronavirus hits real hard. Shut up. <laughs> is you is or is you ain't essential ploy? Because I gotta go to work tomorrow. I know. Anybody else get uh, letters saying that y'all are essential employees? I don't know. But we appreciate it, guys. Again, thanks for all the votes. I hope you enjoyed JR's show tonight. He did a really good job. um, (laughs) We'll we'll have our our next episode out Friday, so we won't miss uh, this week. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of our filler episode. Like I said, we'll upload twice twice this week and um but we hope y'all enjoyed it sorry for my rants but uh <laughs> if you like my rants you just let us know because i can do this i can do this for like every season if you want me to we're, we're in talks of him having his own show so he can <laughs> the rant with jr bolden <laughs> maybe i'll just have my segment or something all right guys well, we're out of here we'll uh, catch you friday and i hope you are staying safe out there and have a good week Thank you.